Welcome to the Mold Matters Podcast. Whether you are looking for help recovering from mold illness or just want to learn more about creating a safe environment for your family, this podcast is the place for you. Welcome, everyone, to the Mold Matters Podcast. Uh, This is episode two. This is a podcast where Mike and I talk about all things mold, uh, how it uh, lives and 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 uh, travels throughout our homes, through our living spaces. We talk a lot about the health impact of mold. Uh, mold is becoming an ever increasing issue in the health uh, world. Um, and basically, we're combining our years of experience to share with anyone who cares to listen, which you pointed out last time, people are clamoring to find out about mold. They'd love to know about mold. It's just, it's a very hot topic. Um, And so we're going to just share from our experiences and our expertise and from our research. And some of the most pertinent and interesting things is what we'd like to share on this podcast. So episode two, here we go. Before we jump into um, the topic, I'd like to recap what we talked about last time because what we're talking about today ducktails right into what we're going to talk about today, which is um, testing, testing for mold. So last week, Mike, you introduced a concept which I'm going to give you the credit because I think you're the one that coined this phrase, mold load. Load. Yes. load. Yes. You have to pause between the two words. Because it's a tongue twister. It'll twist yeah. your tongue. So if you pretend like you're thinking it through, uh, mold load mm-hmm. then it works yeah, yeah you just have to pretend like you're thinking yeah 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 i think you're the one that really coined that phrase and and really uh came to understand what that is would you introduce that concept real quick yeah so uh what we found over the years is that a home just naturally increases its mold load um we're talking mold growing in different areas of the home um sporing your spore count climbing and your mold growth climbing and it goes through cycles, and and the bottom line is the over years and years and years, it just your mold load increases, and then you throw in a couple of you know disasters like a like a uh, water softener breaking or um, a hot water heater breaking or some leaks or what whatever floods or whatever, that kind of makes the whole problem. It turns it into almost an exponential problem, and your mold load really climbs up. Um, from that, and we'll touch on this on another episode, but the inherent flaws of traditional mold remediation going in and just taking care of that one area is is kind of a problem. Um, they're not addressing the mold load, um, if you will, on the entire home. So anyway, that's what we talked about. Uh, we did mention that you know everybody knows what we're talking about when we say that smells like a grandma and grandpa house. Well, that's 40, 50 years of mold climbing mold levels climbing in your home and didn't you say the the actual visible mold that you get from a leak or from whatever water damage is possibly only 10 percent of the whole mold load or less even yeah i mean that's and that's just in general yeah but um the cumulative effect of all these different pockets of mold growth that you have in a, in a home including you know your window sills your bathrooms in general you're caulking around your showers and tubs um, the first few inches of every drain, um, front loading dip, uh, washing machines, um, dimension window sills. Anyway, all of these little pockets of mold 
they spore out and then they increase in growth and then they spore out more and then those spores go out and find other places to, to uh, grow. So when you have a flood, um, everybody thinks, well, my mold is just right there. Well, no, your mold is there. It's manifesting itself there because that's where the moisture was. But your entire home, the mold spore level is um, elevated and the entire home needs to be addressed as opposed to just taking that, that one room apart and rebuilding it. And can I give a case in point that's really applicable and it actually just happened yesterday. Uh, a lady here locally um, has been calling me for months and she had some mold, a leak um, under her cabinet or under her sink and it got into some of the cabinets, behind some of the cabinets. And the maintenance, of, it was an apartment, so they had a maintenance crew come in with some sprays and I think they cut out even some, some portions as well, sprayed cut out some things actually let me rewind we took an air test before that okay um and it was showing really high counts of stachybotrys which is known as you know black mold spores essentially the maintenance crew came in did some spraying and some cutting out three weeks later we, she called us back she's like i'm still not feeling right we took another air test the counts actually didn't change at all yeah it was almost identical right um and so case in point where they took care of the visible mold, but they really didn't address the air quality and, and the rest of the home. Right, and that's, that's one of the things we mentioned in the last podcast was the things we've done over the last 40, 50 years in this country to change the way we build homes. Um, we wrap them tight since the 70s and the energy crisis. Um, we wrap homes way too tight, they can't breathe. Even the way we frame homes now is more conducive to mold growth. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, you know, we changed from plaster to sheetrock and just just a whole list of things we've changed over the last 40, 50 years have made this a real issue. Mm-hmm. And we'd like to dedicate a, a full podcast to some of the, th- the things that we do in our building that yeah. makes mold a, a nightmare, really. Um, so great, this is a great backdrop. Um, so I think the natural question that, that I'm asking myself, and I imagine some of our listeners are, okay, I don't have any visible mold, or I did, and I got it taken care of. How do I really ascertain what the mold load is on my house? Mm-hmm. Was that a good pause? Yeah, that was a great pause. Yeah. It, it helped. I, I mean, I maybe suggest it's a little longer. A little longer. But that's good. It's a good start. <laughs> I'm, I'm working on it. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think a lot – I. I think a lot of people, when, I, when I'm doing my, my mold inspections, people want to know, how do I really tell what the mold environment is like in my house? What kind of testing options do I have? What tools are out there to, to figure it out? And I might say, and that's, that's what we'd like to cover, yeah. how do we really figure out what's going on in our house? And I don't know if you agree with me, but it's actually, in some ways, not the most promising. Some of these tools aren't the most promising tools. No, they're not great. They're, they're, they're not great they're at all. They're not great, but the best we got. It's the best we got out there. Um, I, I actually had a um, hygienist tell me once, um, Mike, you need to understand who came up with this. Well, let me back up. The, the most common type of a test is an air quality test where the person doing the inspection has a little pump. That pump will suck in 75 liters of air through this little cassette, and this little cassette has a little sticky pad right in the middle of it. So the air goes in the sticky pad, or in the cassette, around that sticky pad, and then into the pump. So whatever that sticky pad collects, um, 
those particulates, we send that cassette into the lab. The lab doesn't try to grow anything. They just, based on size, shape, and color, they say that looks like you've got, for example, 30 stachy or 15 ketomia or you know, 200 aspergillus. They give you an idea. Um, again, they're not growing anything. They don't know if they're dead or alive. Um, it's, it's a tool, but it's not a great tool. Um, and we have other lists of things that we'll go through one at a time, but that's just an example of, we tell everybody that goes through our training program, please realize this is just a tool. Um, mm -hmm. It's entirely possible to get false negatives. And, uh, well, I'll give you a perfect example. I've been in, in numerous homes where I could see the mold literally growing on the walls in the bathroom, and the test comes back clean. The air test? Yeah. Air quality test. Yeah. And the reason for that is simply because the air or the mold is happy. It's it's growing. Um, mold only spores when it is stressed. So in the bathroom, when they're taking you know 20 minute showers and it's getting plenty of moisture, plenty of food, it's just going to grow. It's not going to spore out, and so that will give you a false negative. Mm -hmm. Okay. So air quality tests. That's one way to kind of. That's one tool. Yeah, that's probably the most common. Most common tool in the yeah. motor mediation industry. Yeah, yeah so uh, air quality tests, I guess, can you rate it on a, uh, let's do A, B, C, D, E, you know, like okay. school. Yeah. You, yeah. Give it a, you give it a B or a C? I give it a, uh, give it a good solid C plus. C plus? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. And I, and I will say here, I don't think, and, and I don't think you can take one of these tools and say one of these tools alone is going to tell me. No. Right? No. So, if and, you... And I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but honestly, um, when we go in and do a, an inspection, um, the homeowner's gut feeling, is, and I know that sounds like that's the most unscientific thing in the world, but oftentimes their gut tells you a lot more than what a test tells you. Mm -hmm. um, either that or their healthcare practitioner is telling them, look, you're, you're getting some kind of mold toxin from mm -hmm. your home. Um, sometimes that's the best test out there, is just their gut feeling. Um, and oftentimes we'll try to take tests to, to validate what they're, mm -hmm. what they're feeling. But um, again, that's that air quality test. We actually did an experiment once where we, to give you an idea of what a small amount of air that thing pulls in, we bought some little smoke tablets and lit the smoke tablet and started it started emitting smoke right by the air quality cassette we turned the pump on mm -hmm. and it was like we all looked at it like really close like it's not even pulling the smoke in and it was you right know, next it was to right it. next to it yeah so it's it's a snapshot in time in that small space of whatever room you decide um, you can take them in multiple rooms and, and get a more complete complete report but it's it's a good solid C plus that's what it is. So most likely if, if someone listening wanted to, to call a mold remediation company or a mold testing company and said, hey, can you come, you know, tell me what, what my air quality is like or what, what my mold situation is like, they're most likely going to do an air quality test. Yes. Yeah. Probably sure. nine times out of ten. Yeah. Um, and so, and, you know, you'll pay a couple, two, three hundred bucks, depends on where you're at. Um, and, and, yeah, it's just not a perfect... It's just not going to be a perfect situation uh, to tell you what your mold load is necessarily. Yeah, but I actually, um, I had a hygienist, and we went to the, um, I can't remember what it's called, the National Indoor Hygienist Association 
um, conference in St. Paul a couple, about a year and a half ago. And I attended a class and one of the, the uh, hygienists was teaching the class. He said he took an air quality test at 9 in the morning, at 11 in the morning, at 1 in the afternoon, and at 3 in the afternoon. And he said in the same exact spot um, with the same exact setting on the pump, and he said the lowest count I got was 300 overall spores. The highest count I got was 3,000. So it varied that much just within, you know, 12 hours or less. Yeah. Interesting. And at the end, I'd like to, if we have time, Mike, I'd like to talk about more of kind of a visual, the visual slash, um, you know, you talked about smells. There's a lot of things that the testing that you do personally as a homeowner that, again, are almost more valuable yeah. than what this test would do. And, and so hopefully we have time for that. Yeah. So air quality test, it's the main, it's the most popular, the most common of, of any method that we can use in the industry. Um, and then let's go to the next one, yeah, bias so, Yeah, so that the one we just talked about, I mentioned that the lab doesn't know if those are dead or alive. They're just based on size, shape, and color. What kind of mold is that, and what are the counts? So if I sprayed some mold killer on some mold and you know, or, or somehow it got into the cassette, they would just they wouldn't know if it was dead or alive. They would say based on size, shape, and color, does that look like a mold spore or not? Okay. And they couldn't care less if it's alive or dead. I mean, I. They probably care, they but care. they can't yeah. tell. They care. They're not growing it, is the, the point. Yeah. I'm sure they care. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the Biocell cassettes are, um, they look just like it's the air quality cassettes um, with a little additional cassette on top, which is designed to maintain the environment within that cassette. So when you do take that test, you take it exactly the same way as you do on a, on a uh, non-viable air quality test. But you send that cassette in, and the lab will actually grow, see what grows off of that. Um, those are a little better. They're a little more expensive. They're a little better than just an air quality test, but they're still not great. Again, you have the same limitations in that if the mold in your home is satisfied as far as getting enough nutrients and enough moisture, mm -hmm. it's not going to spore out. Yeah. So, so you say grow it, how long are you, they growing it for? I think it takes them about seven or eight days, usually. So they'll put it in like a Petri dish? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they'll try to get those to grow? And yeah, they do their lab thing that yeah. I, I don't know what yeah. they do. But Something really that, technical, uh -huh. yeah. science-y? Yeah. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Okay, so a viability test, they try and get it to grow. If it, if it grows, we can reasonably believe that it's an alive spore. Um, so there's some distinction there, but cons costs a little more takes longer yes yeah the the standard air quality cassette that's uh non-viable takes what well sometimes you can get as quick as 24 to 48 24 hours 24 to 48 yeah. hours okay yeah. so viable is doesn't discriminate between dead dead or alive viable discriminates yeah non-viable they they don't care yes yeah. okay so, yeah so anyway bottom line is both of those are similar in that you're testing the sporing mold that's in the air. Yeah. Um, you're not testing. Well, we should back up a little bit because I, I like to mention this when I'm teaching um, people about this, that mold is either growing, sporing, or dormant, right? Mm -hmm. It's in one of those three states just yeah. about all the time. Yeah. Um, and we're, when you're doing an air quality test, whether it's a viable or a non-viable test, you're only testing for the sporing. 
-hmm. and you're only testing for the sporting in that room. Yeah. And you're only testing for the sporting in that room, in that area of that room. Yeah. And you're only testing for... Yeah, it keeps going. It goes. <laughs> well, and I don't want to belabor this point, but um, it was two months ago we were taking an air quality test in front of a patch of mold. And this realtor, we were working with a realtor, and they really needed an air quality documentation saying there's mold. It didn't, it wouldn't suffice that we took a picture that we said there's mold there. They needed an air quality test saying it was affecting the air quality. So we took an air test in front of the patch of mold, nothing. Second one, nothing. The third one, it worked. And, uh, and maybe you can comment on this. What we ended up doing is aggravating the mold. Yeah. Uh, you said, you know, earlier, you're, it's either sporing, dormant, or, or growing. And you said the only way to get to spore is to aggravate it, right? Yeah. So we actually, in order to get a more accurate appraisal of, of what the mold is like when it's sporing, we actually aggravated it. And I, yeah. can you comment to that? Yeah, that's, um, it's actually something that's become more and more um, commonplace in the industry just in the last four or five years. And, uh, you know, for years, I kind of struggled with it. Like, are we cheating this test, you know, by aggravating the mold? Are we, are we being dishonest? And, and I finally have come almost full circle on this thing to, to kind of think about it this way that we want to give the homeowner an accurate report of what's going on, right? So if we have to aggravate that mold a little bit to show them that yes, you certainly do have mold in the home, I'd rather do that than know they have mold in the home, not aggravate it and tell them their home is safe. Yeah. That, that's the worst of the two evils. Yeah, you take a test, it's not sporing, you say you're good, and then the day later, or two days, or three days, it starts sporing. Yeah, and they get sick, and they can't figure it out. They bounce from doctor to doctor yeah. and go through the whole routine. And yeah. They, they go to the doctor, and they say, well, we had a company test, and they said we're good. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. that's dangerous. And so. in some ways, with your when your health is on the line, you almost want to give them a worst-case scenario, yeah, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. What, what is this house like when it's at its worst? Because that's right. when your health is going to be impacted the most. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, I think we covered air quality tests pretty well there. Let's move on to um, the we tape. Did, we didn't give the Viacella a grade. Oh, yeah. Do you yeah. want to give Viacella a grade? No, I don't. No. <laughs> will you? Yeah, yes, I will. Um, I'd C plus for the other one. What C about? plus, I'd give it a good uh, solid B minus. So it's a, yeah. it's, it's a notch up from the, so the non-viable, C plus. Yeah. Viable, viable slash Viacella, yeah. B minus. Still, maybe, maybe, maybe a C plus because it still has the inherent problem with not sporting. Yeah. So It's almost a B minus though, wouldn't you say? 89%? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or no, 79%. If you like the kid in the class, you give him a B minus. <laughs> if you didn't like him so much, C plus. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, tape test. Um, a very common test as well. Um, not so much ascertaining the air quality, but more of a surface test. Can you can you describe that and talk yeah, about this it? Is, this is handy when um, you just have a patch of something in your home, whether it's in your bathroom or windowsills or whatever, and you just, you don't know what it is. And um, it's, it's interesting because every class I've ever taken and every instructor that I've ever um, listened to on this subject, when they say, can you identify mold by looking at it? They're all like, no, you cannot identify mold by looking at it. That's a dangerous thing to do, and you probably shouldn't do it. Um, oftentimes, we can look at it and say, yes, of course, that's mold, but you shouldn't tell a customer, yes, that's mold, until you test it. A tape test is perfect for that because you, it's actually a little, um, 
like a little slide from your eighth grade science class and it has a little sticky square adhesive on it. You just press it right down on the mold, pull it back off, insert it into a little plastic sleeve, send it to the lab. Again, the lab, they don't grow it. Based on size, shape, and color, they'll tell you what kind of, kind of mold it is. Um, they try to quantify it a little bit. They'll give it, I think it's a one through a four. Mm -hmm. Four being, wow, there was a lot of mold on that little patch, and yeah. one being there wasn't that much, but this is what it is. Yeah. Um, the, the quantification part of it means absolutely nothing. Yeah. But it will tell you that, yes, that, that is indeed mold. What you thought might be mold, that's mold. And okay. That, and that's why it's, it's a good test. Yeah. It's a good test. So do you do you recommend this when you're trying to ascertain the mold load on a home? Is this is this a tool people can use, really? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really for the mold load. I mean, that, that's a tough one. Um, but um, but again, if they see some mold. Yeah, if you see some mold, you don't know you, if it's mold or not, and you want to know. Yeah. You're like, I, I, I got a lot of this stuff in my windowsills, and I'd like to know if that's mold or not. Mm -hmm. um, you know, obviously, nine times out of ten, there's probably mold in your windowsills mm -hmm. if, if it's growing. Yeah. in there um, but it's a good test for that other than that it's it's pretty much worthless yeah, yeah. Um, another good place to use it would be like in the attic yeah uh, up in the attic we can see a lot of times we see mold growth on the north side of the of the uh, yeah uh, the ceiling of the roof yeah and um, you know sometimes it can trick you because it could be the the printing on the plywood right from the lumber mill yes and I've seen it where Sometimes that uh, that printing leaves little black spots. Yes. And it, that's ink. That's yeah. not mold. Yeah. So that that'd be perfect for that application. Yes. Yeah. Could you also, in that scenario, take an air quality test uh, and see if? But again, yeah. you run into the issue of it may not be sporing. Right. Yeah. So, okay. So tape tests. It, it's a tool. It's a tool. It's not a perfect tool. Again, uh, can you give a grade on the tape test? I'd give that a uh, I'd give that a C minus. C minus. Yeah. Oh, so even lower than. Because it has very limited, very limited, limited yeah. uh, usage. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess in, in the application that we explained, it's an A. Yeah. But, but usefulness. Usefulness. C yeah. Uh, you know, and, and thinking about you shouldn't, you shouldn't say I know that's mold. Right. Can I throw in a caveat where if you've had a leak in a flood, right there, yeah. and then suspiciously within a couple of weeks you start to see yeah. some green and black yeah, i don't think that's a stretch yeah that's that there is mold yeah yeah, yeah. you, you got to use some common sense yeah. there and and like you said window seals if you see condensation in your window seals right and then you start seeing some green black different colored yeah. things or even the the uh i mean this is this is a little bit dangerous to say but sometimes you can look real close and see the kind of the fuzzy yes fuzziness of mold that's that's the mycelium growing on the mold yeah or part of the mold um that's pretty easy to say, yeah, that's mold. But yeah. if you question it, you can do a tape yeah. test. It's it's a good way to, if, if you're if you're in doubt. Yeah. Uh, this house I did recently had mushrooms growing out of their baseboards. Yeah, you I don't, don't, need to take I don't think I needed no. to send that in. No. So no. yeah. There's a couple exceptions to that rule, it sounds like. Okay, so that's the third tool. Okay. Um, we'd like to talk about uh, uh, the ERMI test, E R M I. Ermi. Um, there's also a Hertz me test. Yeah. Uh, they feel like they're increasing in popularity in recent years. Am I wrong? No, absolutely they are. I think it's getting really in the uh, kind of the homeopathic world. Yeah. Um, there is. A, there's been a few doctors that are kind of behind the Ermi or the Hertz me test. Um, what the Ermi stands for is Environmental Relative Moldiness Index. 
So the intent was originally they, they were going to survey, I think, a couple of thousand homes across the nation mm-hmm. and get a baseline of what a normal home is. They, they realized that that's almost impossible to do. But they did come up with this test. It's kind of cool. Um, what they do is they'll take an attachment that you get at the lab, mm-hmm. put it on the end of like a vacuum hose. I think they vacuum up about, I want to say 20 square feet of carpet. Mm-hmm. Um, now the carpet is not as popular as it used to be. They'll use like a Swiffer yeah. duster and, and pick Wood up floors that, yeah, pick up the dust. Yeah. So I actually thought, when I heard about that, I thought, that's cool. That makes a lot of sense because we've all heard carpet is the biggest filter of the home, right? Yeah. So if you're going to have mold and you're going to have spores, it's very likely a lot of them are in your carpet. Yeah. Um, but where it gets complicated is they take that dust and they run it through what's called a PCR test, polymerase chain reaction test. Mm-hmm. And they actually break down the mold to the, the DNA. Um, and so that drives the price up like crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great test to tell you like the, the history of the home. Like this home has had a mold issue for 5, 10, 15 years, and you're going to capture that in that dust, right? You'll capture spores that have been there forever, yeah, right? right. Yeah, yeah. And, the, and they'll run it through the PCR test, they'll, they'll break it down and get the actual DNA. So it's, it's good for the history of the home, and it's mm-hmm. also good for getting the exactly what mold it is. I mean, there's a number of different types of aspergillus, mm-hmm. you know, they can tell you exactly what type it is. Um, sometimes doctors want to know that. So it is a, it's a good test. It's expensive, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a good test. And it does, in a sense, give you a, a mold load in a different way, what the load that's accumulated on that surface, at right. least, that yeah. they sampled yeah. over the years. Yeah, I, th- I think the idea, um, or why it's more effective than, than, say, an air quality test is because when mold swars out, eventually it's going to float for days and days sometimes, but yeah. it's eventually going to fall out. So you're gonna you're gonna have a much better chance of capturing the history of that mold um, from over the years mm-hmm. of that of that of the history of the home mm-hmm. by vacuuming up the dust in the home and then sorting that out with the uh, polymerase chain reaction test. Yeah, and I was at a customer's house recently, maybe three weeks ago, where the company did, that did the ERMI they wanted to swab and and wipe places that they knew weren't touched, like the top of refrigerators, yeah. um, top of different cabinets and washers and dryers that weren't weren't touched up there because they wanted an area that wasn't being walked through all the time. Yeah, I'm not sure if that makes it any more of a reliable sample, but yeah. there's different ways they do it. Yeah, yeah I think it's a, it's a great test for the history of the home. Mm. Um, but again, it's expensive. Yeah, the cons are it's expensive. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and it, does it discriminate between a dead or a live spore? No, not really, because you will always have DNA, even on a dead cell mm. or a dead spore, you still have DNA remaining. So, okay. so there's some limitations on that, um, but it, um, but yeah, it's a, it's a good test. It's a it's good, good test? test? Yeah. I'm, I, you've said it's a good test three times, and so I'm aching to know what grade you're going to give the ERMI test. The, <laughs> the only reason I would drop this down to a B is the price. Uh-huh. And and if they could have taken that dust sample and the lab processed that much like they do an air quality cassette uh-huh. and not driven the price up, yeah. that would have been really cool. Yeah. But um, 
I think that that has its own. They, I'm sure the lab has their own reasons why they can't do that. Yeah. But um, so you actually get the DNA of the mold. Um, so it's yeah, it's a it's a good solid B. Good solid B. Yeah. Usefulness is is maybe a little higher, but because of cost. Yeah. Also, I will mention that the the moldiness index they want to give you a score, mm -hmm. right? And if I remember right, um, the scoring is. Um, Anything ten or below mm -hmm. is considered a healthy home. Yeah. Ten or above is considered you need to get that. Yeah. Fixed. And I will say the the Ermi reports that I've looked at, they they cover quite a few molds. I, yeah. I, I want to say around thirty or so molds. Um, they'll even distinguish between all the different kinds of aspergillus and right. penicillium, and and so it's useful in the sense that you can really see. Some people really want, especially people who know, like, I have a sensitivity to this kind of mold. They right. somehow got some testing and know I'm right. allergic to this specific type. It'll break down. Similar to an air quality test will do that. Uh, the ones we most common, that are most common in the industry maybe cover the top 10 most common molds. Right. Um, you can get them to cover more than that, but, but these Ermes cover even more up to 30. And I, and, I, and I think one of the reasons why, why the people behind the ERMI test wanted the, the, to break it down to the DNA because there are actually, say you're in the category of aspergillus, there are some aspergillus that are considered non-toxic mm. and some that are considered toxic. So they can actually break it down to, okay, you've got aspergillus, which we would normally think is not that big a deal. Yeah. But you've got the bad aspergillus. Yeah. So. Yeah. So it's good to know some of those little distinctions there. Okay, Ermi, Ermi test, got a solid B from Mike Adams' rating system. You need to come up with your own, you know, rating. Uh, yeah, it's the... Uh, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know exactly what you're People, saying. People... Yeah. I'll workshop that. Yeah. yeah. Maybe next time we'll, we'll start a new business. Okay. Um, our final one for today, unless we have some others that I'm missing. Oh, actually, we could talk about swab tests and, and yeah. some other things. But let's okay, let's, let's do Air Answers first. Okay, Air Answers is a company that um, approached us uh, a few months ago. Um, we mentioned on the air quality tests, the, the cassettes, we pull in 75 liters of air. Yeah. Um, you set the pump at 15 liters per minute and you run it for five minutes, that's how you get your 75 liters per air. The Air Answers company has this small machine that they've come up with that pulls in, instead of 75 liters of air, pulls in 1 million liters of air. Wow, that's but a big difference. It's a big difference, but it also takes a, a long time to do it, obviously. Um, How long are we talking here? Um, it depends on what you're looking for. Uh -huh. I think the if you're just looking for a mold um, test, I think it's 24 hours. Yeah. Um, if you want a complete rundown of everything that's going on in your, in your home, um, VOCs and all kinds of stuff like that you can run allergens for, yeah, things like that right run it for pollen multiple days yeah stuff like that so um, yeah we don't have a ton of experience with it yeah but I, I think it's worth looking at yeah I think it's a good tool and I think they're still in development um, I know I think MIT and Harvard people were involved in the, the creation of it and so that's promising uh, my experience has been the report Will get similar to the mold, to the ERMI. It'll give you an index. Okay. It'll tell you what percentage of homes, you know, are worse and, and better than your home. Where you fit as far as homes they've tested. It it doesn't do a great job at distinguishing mold types. It just tells you okay. where are you yeah. at. 
Um, they they kind of dumb it down for you. Yeah, yeah. And they'll give you a rating: low, medium, high. Right. Um, you know your mold your your mold load essentially is low. Right. It's medium or it's high compared to all the tests they've done. Um, again, it's a tool. But you know, getting back to that um, example I used of that hygienist teaching us that he took the test, you know, four or five different times during the day, yeah, and had a difference of three hundred to three thousand, yeah. If you run this thing for twenty four hours, that should kind of you know balance that out, yeah. So you get an average yeah. of what's going on, and it's going to be more accurate. Yeah, I, I'm definitely intrigued, and I think they're like I said, I think they're still adding stuff and developing, and I'm intrigued to see where that goes because we've used it a few times and. It, has a lot of promise. A million liters per air that's compared to 75? That's more. A little bit. Yeah. Um, Just a little bit. I haven't, I haven't run the numbers, but <laughs> I know it's more. <laughs> no, I have not either. Um, okay. Um, now, we. do you want to touch on a couple others? Yeah, um, so we can briefly? touch on the uh, um, one thing that we occasionally dabble in, uh, no pun intended, but uh, swab testing. <laughs> uh, That's a good one. Yeah. Um, swab testing is, um, I'll tell you where we use it mostly is for like, I'll give you an example, wrestling mats in a high school. Uh-huh. They've had an up, uh, outbreak of um, whatever that stuff wrestlers get. Yeah, cauliflower ear. That's it, yeah. Yeah. And so we can do swab tests, send that into the lab. They'll actually. You know, I honestly don't know if they grow it or they do some kind of a PCR test. On uh-huh. it. I, I, I don't know. I should know, but I don't know. No. But uh, swab tests are m- more geared towards bacteria than mm-hmm. they are towards uh, mold. Yeah. But it's it's kind of the same type of deal. It's like um, it's like a tape test, but they're going to grow it. And so it's it's a it's a good little. Cool. It's like the viable version of an air quality yeah, test, yeah, but for a, for a but tape test, it's the right. viable version of that. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so there's that. Um, do you want to talk about the Anderson sampler? Yeah, the Anderson sampler, and there's been some, there's been some um, newer versions of that. In fact, um, I have a contact, a, a good friend of mine in, uh, in uh, McKeesport, Pennsylvania, um, that has been toying around with this what they call an Anderson sampler, but the one he has is uh, is a different brand, and he said it's not quite as cumbersome. But an Anderson sampler is, is for the person doing the test, it's a little bit cumbersome, um, so mold inspectors don't really like to use them all that mm-hmm. much. Um, they, they're a, kind of a bunch of stainless steel plates, and they uh, it's almost like a filtering system as they pull the air through it, and then mm-hmm. they send that last one into the lab and the, the lab will grow that. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that my good friend Troy was telling me about, telling me about he said it's, a, it's much easier. But that is um, traditionally before biocells um, were invented, Anderson samplers were the industry standard. Mm. Um, but like I say, they're a little bit cumbersome. They're, um, whoever's doing the testing has to make sure they clean them really well between Mm-hmm. Um, test because obviously you can um, cross contaminate from another home, um, so they're 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 getting better. I guess is the way to put it. Okay. Well, I I failed to get grades on the last three, so okay. we're gonna have to go back. Air answers. Air answers. Um, I'm gonna say um, what what do you get when you're in a class and you and you didn't finish? 
Oh, yeah. an eye? Incomplete? Incomplete. Incomplete. Incomplete? Yeah. I'm going to give them... Verdict is out? Yeah, we like it. We think we like it, but uh, we need more experience. We need more. Yeah. Okay. Swab test? Same as the swab, tape? Swab test is a good... Uh, it's a good... C plus, yeah. C plus? Yeah. So better than the tape test, which was a yeah. C minus. Yeah, I think so. A little because, bit better. Because you're going to grow it. You're, you're going to grow it and make yeah. sure it's it's still active yeah. and alive. And then the Anderson sampler? Anderson sampler, um, again, that's, it's cumbersome. Um, it's it's uh, There are some new innovations, like I mentioned, my, my buddy in Pennsylvania really likes what he's seeing. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give that a, a good solid B. B? Yeah. Okay. So your highest grade, you know, coming back to our beginning statement, your highest grade here is a B. Yeah, and it's testing. the one that I, I don't use. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. maybe the, we've done some self-discovery here today. Yeah. yeah. The Ermi and the Anderson sampler yeah. are your Bs. Right. Well, Ermi we don't use just strictly because of the expense. Yeah. We can almost, we can almost treat a home as cheap as we can do, do an Ermi test. test. Yeah. 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 So. Okay. Well... That kind of concludes our, our uh, these are the major, I'm sure there's some little things in, that are out there that, that people do, but these are the major ones that you're going to find. If you ever call a mold company, they're going to do at least one or two of these. And undoubtedly, they'll do air quality tests, and they'll have tape tests or swab tests. That's pretty standard. Yeah. Um, Ermi, you're going to have to search maybe a little harder. Air Answers is kind of a brand new thing. Um, the Anderson Sampler. I'm sure you can find that too, but less common. Um, so I think we'll kind of wrap up here, Mike, because I, I, I think this gives people a little taste for, for what they can do or what, what's even out there as far as testing, and they can kind of see. I liked your rating. I liked your grading system because it tells people, it really paints the picture that I wanted to paint, which was, wow, the best I can get is a B. Yeah. Um, and so what I'd like to do next time is I'd like to talk more about how we can supplement these tools with some of the stuff you were talking about, uh, you know, things that the homeowner can do, right. um, other indicators that there's a mold problem going on besides just the air quality test. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I, I do, I, I mentioned this in the first of this, of this segment, but honestly, the and it's... It's the homeowner that usually has a gut feeling something's wrong. They come back from vacation, leaving the house closed up for a week, and there's just a weird smell. Mm-hmm. It's almost always mold. I mean, the homeowners, their gut feeling usually is more accurate than any of these tests. Would you would you say that uh, if it smells moldy, mildewy, uh, is there is there any scenario where that would not be a mold problem? Not, not that I've ever seen in 15 years. If you can smell mold, you've got mold. Okay. Yeah. So if, if you can smell mold, do I need to take one of these tests? In my opinion, no. But, um, you know, it's, it's your call. It's a customer. Okay. Um, if, if you feel like you, you want some kind of validation or, you know, honestly, we, we oftentimes run into a situation where the wife knows, I, have, I know I have mold in this home. Yeah. And the husband's like, I don't smell it. Yeah. Sometimes they need validation. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it, the, it's the gut of the homeowner, or oftentimes it's the healthcare practitioner, uh-huh. that they are incredibly accurate yeah. with the testing they have, that they know you've got mold in the home. Yeah. If, if your body is, if they test you, the, the health practitioner, 
if they test your body and it's chuck full of toxins and mold. Yeah, it's either and, your home or your workplace. Yeah, yeah, and you spend, you know, 90% of your time at home. Right. It's a good chance your home has an issue, yeah. whether you smell it or not. And because uh, one thing I've learned is mold, we, we always associate mold with that mildew, moldy, musty, but not every mold smells. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. And so sometimes people say, I don't see mold. I don't smell mold, but my doctor says I'm full of mold and I'm feeling sick. Yeah. There could still be a mold load issue there. Yeah. Going yeah. On. And other things that throw it is, is when your HVAC system kicks on, you know, your heater or your air conditioner, mm-hmm. that may either introduce um, moldy air mm-hmm. to the home or it may actually make the home smell a little better because you're moving things around. Yeah. And so it's, it's kind of a moving target often to try to try to figure out what's going on with it. But yeah. there are a lot of variables that kind of throw you. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're, we're going to touch on a lot of these things in the forthcoming podcast. But uh, thanks for joining us. And I hope you uh, learned something. I actually learned something. And I knew where we were going. I had the agenda right yeah. in front of me. So yeah. I appreciate that. I did learn a thing. I know. You're not supposed to. You're the expert. <laughs> no. I, You're the mold. Yeah. I don't know what the right word for you. Mold. Um, uh, I don't. I, I don't. I don't know. Savant. Uh, yeah. Wizard. I like that. Wizard. I like wizard. Yeah. yeah. Mold yeah. guru. You don't make a big deal out of it. I don't, certainly. <laughs> Something to brag about. Right. You know a lot about mold. I don't want to be your mold guy. I want to be your pun guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, guys. Till next time. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Mold Matters Podcast. Be sure to subscribe for more in-depth information on mold illness and recovery.